Welcome in. This is your Wednesday live chat for this week's Players Championship. And we are indeed presented by Jock Market. That is Stock Market DFS. It has taken off like a rocket ship. It was a fun week last week, and I imagine it's going to be a massive market for this week as well. We'll talk more about that in just a second, but come on in, come on in. This time is yours. For the next hour or so, I'm going to answer as many questions, comments, or concerns that we have in the chat. I'm going to show you all the data that I have available. It's all from my website, rickrungood.com. You should sign up because you'll probably like it. All right. Let's jump in, and boy, you know we are rocking and rolling on a Wednesday when the first chat is about, or the first question is about Keegan Bradley laying the blueprint. Let's go over to the golfer profiles here. Um, before I scroll down, I'm gonna say I don't think he is, but let's let's just take a peek together. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. So um, the, the left-hand columns here, the strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained approach exactly in line with what you would expect from Keegan Bradley. The putter, which we were hoping, you know, there have been five tournament stretches in which you've been a lot more optimistic about Keegan Bradley's putter coming off a good putting week at Bay Hill. But this is... This is what he does. So he does exactly this every single week. The good news about Keegan, um, he's a total driving guy, right? Long and straight. If you're going to need to play out of the fairway, if they do go to preferred lies for this week because of the weather that is coming into the area, uh, that probably helps guys like Keegan. Probably also slowing the greens down helps guys like Keegan. And there is a... I do think there are some threads for the March version of this event that are actually better for um, poor putters. So that would also help Keegan. So not the worst thing I've ever seen in the world. Thomas Peters or Ryan Brem deep dive. Oh boy, I'm not sure we're at that part of the show yet. I'm going to pass on that. Uh, hey Rick, the big X factor this week has to be Webb. I read in an interview, he's pain-free. What are your thoughts? Are Also, are people worrying too much about the weather? Okay, so my understanding about Webb, and we heard this, weeks ago, right? We haven't seen him in a long time, uh, that he was going to be out for a while. And I guess he has kind of been out for a while. I was expecting kind of longer than this, but it's good to hear that he's pain-free. It's good to get him back at what on paper should be a pretty good spot for him. But I'd be lying to you if I said I have any idea what the current state of Webb Simpson's game is. And if you are rostering him, if you're betting on him, you are doing so with extreme risk. And if that's what you're looking for, Webb Simpson is available. Here's the weather. So uh, I've just got the 10-day the up here from, from Weather Underground, and you can kind of see, like already today in this moment, uh, they have uh, closed the practice facilities because of thunderstorms that are rolling in. So those guys are not out there practicing right now at TPC Sawgrass, and you can see it's going to be wet all weekend long. Uh, Thursday, chance of thunderstorms all day, rain on Friday, rain on Saturday. Sunday looks a little bit better, right? Sunday looks a little bit better. You're going to get some wind on Saturday. The question from Evan is, are people worrying too much about the weather? I think in short, the answer is yes, because none of this is really actionable data, right? When you look at this, what does it say? I guess you could argue guys that are playing out of the fairway, if they play lift, clean, and plays, you could argue bombers because they're going to be able to hit it further without any runout. But if you're trying to guess the waves, good luck. You know, I think maybe uh, guys that go off, what would that be? So if wind comes in on... Saturday, guys that go off on Friday morning, so Thursday p.m., Friday a.m. could be better, but you're talking about a situation where you're probably going to have lots of starts, lots of stops. Once you get electricity in the air, um, if, if there's lightning, they got to pull these guys off the golf course, so you just might be in for kind of a long, sloggy week. Do you think it would be too crazy to start your build in the $8,000 range, asks Hank Hill. And as much of a fan as I am of Zaltoris and Berger and even Neiman and guys like that, uh, you would be passing up the biggest chunk of win equity from what those 15 guys at the top. And those 15 guys probably account for, if you look at the implied odds, um, quite a bit. Of the of the win equity in this field, so yeah, I think that is a bit extreme. But you would be different than everyone else. Favor the earlier start time tomorrow. Yeah, that is um, kind of what I was getting at there, Jay. I believe that's probably the better route. Although, 
who knows if they get delayed on Thursday and things flip, you could be on the wrong side of this very quickly. Mark says great content this week, Rick. Thank you. Can we dive into the guys at 7,400 more other than recent form? Why does it seem ownership is leaning towards Henley most this week? Okay. So here's the $7,400 range here. We've got Russell Henley coming in at about 12% projected ownership. And Corey Connors coming in at about 12%. He's 7,300. And then Cam Young as well, 14%. He's 7,200. So the idea of Henley is very much an issue of uh, course history versus course fit. Because on paper, this should be a phenomenal place for Henley. You know, he is uh, accurate off the tee, plays out of the fairway 66% of the time. It's 19th on tour. If you want to look at some of those wedge type categories, he's very good in those categories. He's a great approach player. Um, but you get this situation where his player championship history is abysmal. Three missed cuts in a row, four out of his last five, hemorrhaging strokes on approach. These are what I probably believe to be outliers for Russell Henley. So um, I, I think that's why you're getting a, a boost here. People are willing to overlook this history and rely more on the fit. I want to say Sam Burns is back and the previous weeks were flukes. Am I jump, jumping the gun here? No, I'm quite bullish on Sam Burns long-term. I think if you've been following uh, this channel for a while, you, you know that. And uh, when you struggle out of the gate in a new year, like he did, I don't think it's that big of a deal. You know, you get the five weeks off, you go home, a lot of stuff happens. You're you're out of your groove, you're out of out of your routine. He's getting back into it now. I'm I'm quite excited about where the next handful of months, including this week, are going for Sam Burns. Can we get a deep dive on Alex Norin? Okay, let's do the old Norin thing because it's going to be wet. You get an opportunity where maybe par is a good score that helps Alex Norin. Um, often. Uh, does Alex Norton play out of the rough, which is a little bit concerning 144th on tour in terms of driving accuracy. And I really do think if the tour goes to preferred lies, right? Lift clean in place. These guys that are playing out of wet rough that are not able to pick up their ball, clean it and put it down in the fairway are going to be at a significant disadvantage. That's my thoughts. When you look at the results from Norton, you love to see two top tens at the Honda Classic and in Phoenix. That's all good stuff. I just really can only knock him for the driving accuracy at the moment. Jay says, hey, Rick, great content as usual. Can't wait for Sunday. I'll be planted on 17. Oh, mama. Okay. Who's your preference, Colin or Rom? What's the ownership percentage for each? It's so hard because you're splitting hairs with these guys, right? So uh, the ownership I have is about 19% for Rom. 18% for Colin Morikawa. So we are very much in a splitting hairs situation. So when I want to compare two golfers, I like to do it here on the power rankings. And I'm just going to plug in Rom and I'm going to plug in Morikawa. And we can go, let's do last 20 rounds. Last 20 rounds, edge goes to John Rom. He's the better player off the tee. He's a better player on approach. He is much worse with the flat stick and around the green, but um, not enough for Morikawa to make up the gap there. 40 rounds. Still John Rahm, significantly better off the tee, better on approach, even. They're both the same around the green, and Rahm's a better putter. 100 rounds. Rahm's better off the tee. Morikawa's better on approach. They're similar around the green, and Rahm's a better putter. So um, here's where I'm at. Rahm, to me, is safer, right? I think even what we're seeing with Rahm as struggling in the short game, struggling with the putter, Still, his worst finish is like T21. He's just so darn good. Morikawa probably has a wider range of outcomes. He probably doesn't miss the cut often here, but maybe he finishes T43, something like that, more often than John Rahm is going to. But he wins a lot, right? He's going to pop up and win this golf tournament a lot. So I think um, they're kind of a little bit different. If you just said who's going to finish better on, on Sunday, I'll take Rahm. All signs point to Fitz having a great week, but ownership says he might be a fade. Who's the best pivot answer or Homa? I actually prefer, uh, I like both of those guys. Uh, I probably prefer Homa just a bit. Homa is a very good popping profile. Uh, I tweeted this out during the off season. He was the only guy who every single time in 2021, he gained, I think it was four strokes putting. He had a top 10 every single time, five out of five. That tells me 
when he puts well, he takes advantage of it, right? Not all guys do. Look at Kyle Stanley. Look at some of these guys that are not historically good putters. Sometimes they putt well and they still finish T35, not Max Homa. So I do love that. So we've got a, a good stretch of putting here. Uh, four out of his last five, he's gained strokes with the flat stick. He's gained off the tee in three in a row, six of seven. He's gained on approach in four out of his last four. This is a pretty good place to be. I, I like Homa here. Uh, I think he's fairly risky, though. We've seen him in a couple of wayward shots and around here. That's big numbers lurking. Answer is kind of the low-key, sneakier play. So you get the driving accuracy out of Abraham Answer, right? Sixth on tour this season. So he's going to play out of the short grass. You also, if you want to look at the buckets, 125 to 150, he's 48th. 150 to 175, 32nd. 175 to 224th. It's great approach play. It's really great approach play. So uh, we're a little bit banking on longer term form with Abraham answer, but I think that's okay to get around here. Is a low owned Louie, low owned Louie, say that five times fast, sandwiched between a chalky burger and Brooks, a free space in lineups because it means he's definitely coming in second place. Wow, that was actually a very difficult comment to read, Addison. Uh, but thank you for that comment. So here's, here's Louie. Right here, $8,700. Yeah, look at the sandwich pricing. You've got a popular Kepka at 21%. You've got a popular burger at 22%. You've got Louis sitting here at 9.6. Honestly, probably comes in lower than that. He is, he is, I think, objectively, when you're looking at upside, you're looking at the way the course fits, uh, you're looking at the guys around him and the ownership. He's probably objectively one of the better pivots on the board. Whether you want to go that route or not, because you don't have to go for one specific golfer or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think he is pretty objectively one of the best pivot options. Let's say, Hank Hill, it does rain all week as expected. Does that impact the buckets of approach shots to focus on? Earlier in the week, it was 550 to 125 and 125 to 150. There are definitely flaws with buckets in general, but if you wanted to move that back, if you wanted to say it's now, what, like 100 to 150 and 150 to 175, I wouldn't be upset. Right. If you're if you're thinking you're not getting the rollout, that's the assumption here. Who is the lowest owned guy in the nines, eights, and sevens? Oh, good question. This keeps you from getting a membership to rickrungood.com here. Uh, and the leverage in those spots. All right. So lowest owned in the nines, I think it's probably DJ and Spieth. Lowest owns in the eights, I think it's Louis and Finau. Lowest owned in the sevens, I think it is Leishman. I mean, there's a lot of guys in the sevens, right? You're gonna have a yeah, you, like basically half the half the sevens are gonna be two percent. So that's that's kind of hard to um, really put much stock in. But that's that's who you're looking at here. Uh, TJ says Rick, Andy is a great addition to the team. Loved his article this week. From his data in the article, what's one guy you weren't going to play, but you are now, or someone that you've grown on? Okay, well, I'll just give you a couple of guys, and I don't know if he pointed them out uh, specifically, but I'll tell you what. So Andy Lack, if you guys haven't heard, um, he's my co-host on The Scramble Tuesdays and Fridays. We're now kind of forging a bigger role for him in the Rick Run Good ecosystem. So he's got some written comment content on the site. There's an unbelievably nerdy in-depth preview of the golf course on the rickrungood.com right now. Uh, there is also at any moment going to be his Wednesday final thoughts, which is really um, something that is underserved in the industry. For, for me, uh, when I read Andy's course preview, I was kind of reading a few through lines, things like par fives, things like uh, the fact that this move from May to March and the way that the the overseed works on these greens, it might be better for poor putters. So those are the two big takeaways that I started to kind of look at and say, okay, maybe I'm more bullish on Will Zalatoris now. Maybe I'm more bullish on Justin Thomas now. Maybe I'm more bullish on Hideki. Maybe I'm more bullish on guys that crush par fives, right? Like I I, I think that is what I took away the most from his article, but there's a lot of great stuff in there. I'm doing great in the one and done, the run good one and done, which by the way, thank God I got Scotty Scheffler last week. I went from 666th to 91st. I'm on the move, boys. But I feel the pressure with this huge purse, and I don't want to let a bunch of people pass me. I've already used ROM, so is using Morikawa a good idea? Sid, I don't know your exact position, but uh, Morikawa will likely be the most popular golfer this week. If you are near the top, go for it. Go for Morikawa. No need to play it safe. 
or, or sorry, no need to, no need to not play it safe. No need to go further down the board. Morikawa is your guy. He's going to be the most popular golfer this week because John Rahm's already been used by in mo- I don't know about the run good one and done, but in most one and done's like twenty five percent of the pool has already used Rahm, and Morikawa is sitting there at like two percent used. So good luck, Sid. I hope Morikawa finishes t twenty one, but uh, I've got other I've got other situations going on. Okay, uh, this live chat is brought to you by Jock Market, which, by the way, I was watching that Hustler Casino Live the other night, which I tend to watch quite a bit. It's the live poker stream from LA, and Jock Market was sponsoring Hustler Casino Live. I loved it. I didn't know that was happening. I saw it. I'm like, this is amazing. Anyway, Stock Market DFS. You can buy, sell, short shares of athletes, not just golfers. Obviously, I look at the golfers, uh, but you can get all athletes. NASCAR is now on there. It is a stock market. There have been others who have tried this. Nobody has executed it as well as Jock Market has. They have a web app now, so you can get uh, bids in and make your trades from your computer, which is massive. I absolutely love that. And I've got the cash data, the cash market data on my website. So for example, last week, if you had a Gary Woodland outright ticket, you made $0. You lost it. If you had Gary Woodland shares in your portfolio, you made $11 a share. Because last Wednesday night, he sold for $3.77. By finishing as highly as he did, fifth, he paid out $15 a share. That's $11 a share. It's the only place in the world that you are getting paid out on guys that finish. 23rd and 43rd or whatever it is, because all you need to do is outperform your expectation. So the code you're looking for is Rick up to a 50% a $50 deposit bonus, get into the game. Uh, also, if you want to be walked through the IPO phase, that's going on tonight. Joe Idoni and myself are doing a power hour tonight. So we're going to talk about the prices live in real time. I've got a dashboard for it. It's really, really cool. Hey, Rick, thanks for so much content this week. One and done with four out of the top five teams in a 25 team league having already used John Rom. Am I being too smart for looking at Xander or Vibin? Yes. If you have used, if you have John Rom available and you are in a 25 team league and four out of the top five have already used John Rom, you should use John Rom because the $3.6 million up top is. By far the biggest. Here's another thing. Whoever finishes second this week will make more money than Scotty Scheffler did for winning last week's elevated Arnold Palmer Invitational. That's how big this purse is. It's absolutely massive. I know there are situations in which you don't want to be the chalky guy, but in that one right there, you got to play John Rom. Hey, Rick, can you run an updated model for us? Brady knows what he's doing, right? This is, this is kind of like the cheat code. This is the cheat code here. You get you get me to uh oh, uh, hold on a second. I've got to change my Oh boy. I'm not sharing the right screen. Stand by with me peeps. Hang tight. We'll get this one rocking and rolling. Let's try this. All right, cool. So here we go. Um all right. So if I were to run a model right now, I think earlier in the week I was I knew the rain was coming, but when you're in Florida and like a lot of stuff can change and I don't know. It's going to be soggy. Let's let's be real here. So I'm going to go last 24 rounds. And um, I, I do want to probably put some emphasis on driving accuracy more than I have in the past because I just have this sneaky little suspicion that we are going to get a tweet from PGA Tour comms at 3.57 a.m. Pacific that says for the first round of the Players' Championship, they're going to play preferred lies. Okay. That that's, I have a hunch of that. So accuracy reigns supreme. Secondly, strokes gained approach will be those guys who get to put their ball down in the fairway. Massive. Uh, you could do raw strokes gained approach or weighted strokes gained approach. I don't really care. Let's do 25 on weighted strokes gained approach. So now I've built a model that is heavy on mutters. Okay, let's continue that. There was a question earlier about moving the buckets back. Let's move the buckets back. Let's say uh, 125 to 150 and 150 to 175. So we'll go 15 on each one of those buckets, which I'm not a huge bucket fan, but hey. And now we've got 20 left. So I've got driving stuff. I've got approach stuff. I've got more approach stuff. Let's do 
short game stuff. So let's just do uh, 10 around the green, 10 on putting. And let's run this model. Last 24. Yes, yes, yes. All this good stuff. Good, good, good. My number one golfer is, oh, we almost had to pull out the bleep button. Russell Henley. Russ. Holy guacamole. How much money am I going to lose on Russell Henley this week? I was, I was not expecting that. All right. So Russ Henley, number one, God. Oh my God. Daniel Berger, number two. Colin Morikawa, number three. Yeah, these are the guys I wanted. Hideki, four. Webb, five. Scotty, six. Russell Knox, seven. Victor, eight. Cam Smith, nine. Lucas Glover, 10. My wife just, uh, she slacked me. She said, look at number four, heart eye emoji. I think that's her pick this week, Hideki Matsuyama. So if you're looking for the, the producer Mina pick, it's Bot. Holy guacamole. All right. Well, that's interesting. Brady, what have you done to me, my friend? Was not expecting that whatsoever. All right. Let me get back to my other screen here so that we can continue rolling on because we're going to roll on. Let's try this. All right. We're back. Oh, boy. Um, all right. Pivots around Fitz. Let's see. So Fitzpatrick, to me, objectively... Maybe not objectively, but I think he is one of the most mispriced golfers here. He's 24% owned. He should be. Your pivots, Hatton's not bad. Love Burns in that spot. Would not mind. If you want to go down, you need to go down. It's answer or that's probably, or, or I guess go down to Russell Henley because he's the number one golfer for mud. Hey, Rick, Andy had some course comps for Innisbrook, PGA West, and Scottsdale rather than Pete Dye courses. Do you agree? And is there any you would add? Okay, I believe those comps were for um, the strain of grass that we get this type of year. It's that that overseed, that poa trivialis, right? So I believe those were the comps. So what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to blow your freaking mind here. So I'm loading these in. Give me one second. I'll share my screen. Here we go. So I'm over at the Holy Grail. I've loaded in those three courses that Andy was referencing for the comps. Now, I believe what Andy was referencing was for the putting surfaces. So let me show you the guys who putted the best in this field at those course comps. Lucas Herbert's number one, only two rounds. Samuel Burns, number two, one and a half strokes gained per round in 31 rounds. Brendan Todd is next. Sahith is next, but that's only eight rounds. JT Poston, maybe my favorite $6,000 golfer, and then um, someone named Brooks Kepka. I've heard of him. Now, the other thing is, if you want to do architects, uh, if you're really fancying this, what you could do is you could come down here and you could go Pete Dye because of how unique and interesting he designs these things, and you could see who plays best on Pete Dye. Lee Hodges, number one, only four rounds. Patrick Cantlay, number two, 66. Herbert, three. Kepka, Day, Kucher, Rom. Let's go more recently because the Kucher stuff always gets super skewed. Last three years, Berger now next in line after Hodges. Brian Harmon's up there. Kepka's still up there. Answer, Patrick Cantlay. So there you go. A couple of course comps, no matter how you like it, Oliver. Jay-Z is in the chat. My main man, Rick. Happy Players Week to a real one. Is that me, Jay? Thank you. And to everyone watching, Hova been riding. Scheffler, then you've been on fire. Why not give it another go? His odds haven't shrunk that much for a guy who has won twice. I could not agree more. So there's a couple of factors really in favor of Scotty Scheffler this week. The fact that he's won twice in his last three starts and he had a seventh place finish at Riviera, good enough for me. The pricing comes out early, right? So the pricing comes out doesn't know that he wins the API. If the pricing comes out on Monday, like usually it's probably $10,000. So you have like 800 bucks built into value of Scotty Scheffler. The other thing is I am really, really bullish about this partnership with Ted Scott. I really am. He's unlocked the best parts of Scotty Scheffler. And the, the, I've said this before and I'll say it again, the stretch of golf from now to match play to Augusta to the Texas swing Scotty's going to pile cash, pile cash. Let's go. 
Um, Denver Timmy wants to get a breakdown on Justin Thomas's uh, recent putting. I imagine it's going to look like every single, like I could scroll to any time period and, and see basically the same exact thing for Justin Thomas's putting. And here's his golfer profile page gained 3.8 strokes at Riviera. The last time we saw him lost three the week before plus one minus a half minus three plus two and a half. I mean, this is the pop stuff that you want. It's kind of what Morikawa does, right? It's how Morikawa wins so much is yeah. Some weeks he's going to lose five and some weeks he's going to gain four. And when he gains four, he wins like that's, this is why JT hoists trophies. I love this. I've heard a lot of guys. I've heard a lot of people say no puck guys We're live. Here's a justification for betting Zalatoris and JT. So what about Luke list? Sure. And Tom Hoagie. And all those guys and Keegan, right? No, I got, I got no problem. Um, I'm cool with that. Yo, Rick, with a single bullet in the two, 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 would you prefer to have Fitzpatrick leaving 300 or Lowry leaving zero? Interesting. Um, if will Fitzpatrick be as chalky in that higher stakes, uh, situation? I'm not sure that he, will but i'm i'm seeing him so so my projections are more for like 150 max large gpps um i have fitzpatrick at 24% and lowry at 9ish so basically lowry's a third of matt fitzpatrick in that situation i'd probably go lowry and leave the zero ha best comment ever rick if we had to set the lines for lunch today, would it be a Buffalo chicken sandwich at minus 125 and pizza at plus 115? Would that be fair? So, uh, yes, great lines that you have set. I would actually make Buffalo chicken a much larger favorite. So, um, pizza to me is more of a, I like that for dinner, right? And I eat a lot of pizza a lot, quite frankly, it's, I'm a child, but, um, yes, those are basically the two front runners of things that I'm going to eat, not just today for lunch, but tomorrow for lunch and dinner and brunch and whatever. Those are the front runners in most outdoor sports. Weather is the great equalizer. Knowing this, is it logical to burn big names when the 8K group and lower have just as good of a chance as popping this week? I do not necessarily buy that weather is an equalizer in golf. And it depends, right? So if you're talking about it being a great equalizer in football, maybe making passes more random, maybe making fumbles more frequently, more frequent, sure. But if it's just wet, uh, sometimes the tour changes the rules and lets you pick up your ball, which then in turn does not equalize it. It actually emphasizes playing out of the fairway. If the NFL changed the rule that when it was raining, when a fumble landed on the ground, the team that had it gets to pick it up again. That's like the equivalent, right? It should, they change the rules for the weather. So I do not believe in golf. It is necessarily the great equalizer, but I, I get what you're saying. It's, 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 it's thoughtful. With some ownership projections on Xander, it makes me feel like he's a must play. That ownership thoughts on him as a play. And what are you seeing as projected ownerships? I currently have Xander at uh, 13.8%, much lower than Hideki, about twice as much as, as Dustin Johnson. I could probably be convinced. I've probably warmed on Xander as the week goes on, but I'm probably up to like a six out of 10. He's just well-rounded. He's not going to get you in much trouble out there. But uh, I mean, what are we seeing much? Like, what are we seeing in terms of um, upside? You know, is Xander just going to pop a T12 here? I'd almost prefer someone more volatile. It's almost, a, it's it's a combination where he's expensive, he's middle-owned, and he's consistent. And when I'm trying to win all the money, I don't think I want any of that. So it's just a really awkward situation for Xander. If that's what you want, take it. Straight up, least chance of winning this. JT, Rom, Morikawa, or Rory? Oh, boy. Probably. This is sick, but probably Rory, right? Like, JT just won it and has the perfect stat profile. Rom is the best player on the planet, and it's probably not close. Morikawa is a prolific, historic winner. And Rory... 
I mean, Wally still has that sh- a higher chance than basically every other golfer in the field. You named the other three that have probably got a higher win equity than him. Is Gary Woodland being overlooked? Um, yeah, you know, I don't know what to expect from Gary, right? And when you go through 18 months of kind of losing your game, uh, I start to get a little bit concerned about that. Now, there are some positive takeaways from the last two weeks where he's finished T5 in both of them. We're seeing better approach play. I worry that this putter is something that is unsustainable. Is he going to gain, let's call it four and a half or five strokes this week? Probably not. And if he doesn't, does that put more stress on the rest of his game? I'm, I am exci- I hope Gary plays well. I am not as bullish as others. Oh, I have not seen this Quentin Tarantino. It says, Hey, Rick was planning on playing Hideki until seeing he might be playing injured. Do you know anything about that? I literally have no, I've, I've not heard anything about that. So send, send me something. Are you leaning stars or scrubs or a more balanced lineup stars and scrubs most likely to make the cut Mito Munez or Vegas. Probably Mito, but I'll tell you what, Munoz has been pretty darn good. All right. I I and and Munoz is a legitimate streaky high upside guy. And he's played well in bigger events before. Like he's got legit top 12 upside. I like here, here's his profile. T26, T21, T23, T39. The categories I want to see him play well in. The 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 struggles are coming in the categories that I want to see struggles in. I like Munoz or yeah, Munoz a lot. Hey Rick, love that you brought on Andy Lack. Thank you. You're two of my favorite golf experts. Oh, that's kind. I also got a promotion at work. So now I've subbed to your site. Much appreciated, Gavin. Thank you for the support. Keep up the good work. He says, do you think constant delays gives an edge to the more patient players who can keep their emotions in check? Like can't or DJ, as opposed to someone like Rom in theory. Yes, but Trying to quantify that for every golfer in the field is impossible. I actually, I know that Rom has these outbursts and all that stuff, but um, every time I've seen Rom in person, he is more focused than upset, quite honestly. And I know that he has his spats, but it's, he also has the other side of it too. So it's going to be hard to quantify for every single player in the field. Rick, have you heard there's supposed to be bad weather this week? No, haven't heard that at all. Hey, Rick, will they generally play through rain if there is no lightning or is it all stop until it passes? No, they'll play through rain. They'll play through rain as long as you don't get like pooling of water on greens or situations like that. Uh, They'll play through it. Now, the weather report, if you trust the meteorologist, if you trust big weather, uh, is actually showing some, you know, thunderstorms and chances for electricity. But if it is just rain, they will play through it until it becomes uh, detrimental to the golf course or to the safety of the players. Oof. Mr. Rick Run Good. Hello. Tell me you have a crush on Kevin Kisner this week. Can't wait to see him packing a fat lip making 30 footers all day, all day. All right, let's do the Kisner stuff. By the way, remember when um, Hideki had that 30, 77 minute rain delay and he was like, yeah, I just went out to my phone and stared at my phone. And then I came back and shot like six under my last eight holes at the masters. And then I won it. Yeah, that was fun. Kevin Kisner. I don't love it, bud. I mean, it's it's never it's never like he's going to gain a ton of strokes off the tee or a ton of strokes on approach. He's just so reliant on the short game, and even the putter has let him down at times. Minus three and a half at Bay Hill on the greens is not good. Let's look at his season stuff. I mean, he plays out of the fairway, number one in driving accuracy. I can give him that, but I worry about a lot, a lot with Kiz. Hope he wins, though. All right, I'm I'm glad I've answered a lot of these because I can I can run through these. Uh, has preferred lines been announced? No, they will not announce that until like an hour before the round starts. Hey Rick, thanks so much for what you do in the industry. My in my fantasy golf league, I need to choose between Harmon and Day. Could we do a deep dive? I think it's just Harmon. You know, Day's got um. So so there's two sides to Jason Day. One, his mother just passed away, so condolences go out to Jason Day. Um, 
I hate to even try to compare that to a, a golf situation, but if you want to start to handicap it, who knows what his practice has been. Um, he's going to a place that is generally fairly good for him. I will say the, the course history is um, – what he's done here at Sawgrass is a different type of golfer than he is right now. He's uh, He's been excellent in the ball striking categories. Uh, we don't have that right now. We have a Jason Day who's much more reliant on uh, his short game. I would probably just pass on Jason Day. Brian Harmon is a guy who, in the two years that we've played since moving back to March, he's the only guy in the field with two top tens. I don't love it, but I think I would prefer Harmon over Day. I have not heard anything about Hideki being hurt, so I'm not sure why that keeps coming up. Maybe I've missed something in the last bit of time, but I have no idea what that is in regards to. Hey, Rick. Hey, Leo. Thanks for the content. If I have to travel a bit to place a bet, uh, in, in general, what day would be best? Wednesday? So either first thing Monday when lines drop or as late as possible. Yeah. Wednesday, right? Because if you're first, you get access to maybe lines that are a little bit long. And also you get the chance of maybe you get a bet in and then someone withdraws like we've seen frequently here in the last couple of years where, um, you know, you are locked into a number that got shorter after someone near the top withdrew. So I like either being first or waiting for all possible information and being last. Who is the lock pick of the week? Someone I should keep in my lineups no matter what, uh, just because of value. The Oh, boy. Um, all things considered, right? All things considered, Zalatoris, 8,900, 12% owned. That, that, to me, is probably... You get, you get a, a guy who is not prohibitively expensive... You get a team no putt, should set up well for this course. You get a guy who's destroyed the fives, and you get a guy that is not overly popular. I think that's objectively a very good play. Um, producer Mina with the info. So Hideki had a quick chat with Japanese media yesterday. Sounds like his neck injury is healing, but still not 100% perfect. He's happy with the way his game is, but is looking forward to be able to swing at 100% again. I mean... He's been basically the best golfer since 2022 started, so I'm I'm not sure it's really impacting his game all that much. So I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, Mitchell says, Rick, you constantly say that you don't let ownership dictate who you play, especially one golfer. But with Sawgrass being very volatile, do you lean more on pivots? Um, at the top, I do. Right, I would rather avoid the chalky stuff at the top than the chalky stuff at the bottom. So I I emailed this out. If you're not subscribed to my newsletter the run the rick oh boy the run good rundown uh there's a link in the description i already sent it out this week there's a little nugget in there about like the carnage rate of tpc sawgrass so i looked at all the golfers that have been priced over nine thousand dollars uh since 2016 at every different golf course or every different tournament and uh this event has like a 24% missed cut rate of golfers over $9,000. It's about top third, top quarter compared to others. So there's a lot of carnage out there. Not like the American Express, which is a very high salaried carnage event. Not like, um, what was that? Well, a Honda Classic was up there. So yes, I would definitely pivot more, especially up top. Gooch or Kirk? And Gooch or Young? What? Um, so we're like three three way in this. So I guess it's it's probably Gooch in both situations, but I really do like Young. <laughs> bad weather, bad cool weather affecting players with bad backs. Sure, good luck quantifying that. I wish I could. That'd be amazing. Could you imagine if I had like? Oh my god. By medical data. Could you imagine? It's pouring right now at TPC Sawgrass and not stopping anytime soon. Mm -hmm. What's your high risk reward 6K guy and high floor cut make guy? Okay. So, Poston is one of them. I don't know where, I don't know how high his upside is. So, I guess he falls into the floor category. I can show you JT Poston in a second. Let me see. I guess the high upside 6K guy, maybe like a 
like a Joel Damon or a Keegan, something like that. Uh, I'll do the JT Poston thing real quick because I, I just like really like the way he's setting up. He limped to the finish line in 2021, but what we saw in 2022, yeah, I love to see this. When guys get five weeks off and they come back and a, a part of their game has gotten significantly better, love it. They put work in. So his off the tee play, phenomenal. Last six events, he's gained. He's gained multiple event, multiple strokes in half of them. The putter always, you know, it's actually kind of cooled off a little bit. He's generally a very good putter. He's got a couple of top 25s in the last two, two years here. Let's go. Fire up old JT Poston. Oh, Sean sent a super chat. Sorry, I didn't see this earlier. Thanks again for all the content. Had that great week this past weekend. Who do you like better this weekend, Xander and Brooks or Rom and Horschel? Probably Xander and Brooks. I love Rom, but I don't know. I'm a little bit worried about Billy. I think that he's catching a lot of steam. We're at like three good weeks in a row. Historically, he doesn't add a fourth, and I think he's going to be a little bit more popular than he probably should be. Thank you for the super chat. Never, um, never required, always appreciated. Oh my God! Do not. I hope. I hope Mina has blocked this person. Uh, how crazy would it be to skip the AK range altogether because the seven K range seems so good? That's fine. I don't mind that. Down to my last spot, Henley or Rose. Well, I just ran a model that showed Russell Henley is the best player in the field. So it was super scary. So I guess it's Russell Henley. Rank that your top to bottom $7,400 golfers. I actually kind of did that earlier. So I'm going to pass that. 7,400 is a popular number for this week. Who do you expect to be the most popular one and done picks? Okay. Um, Morikawa seemingly will be, uh, I believe he'll be the most popular. Um, not because people think he's necessarily the best player in the field, but he might be but he has not been used. So if you go and look at the guys who've already been used, uh, a lot of people used Rom at Tory. A lot of people used Rom even at, um, well, was it the American Express? Somewhere else. But Rom has already been used by like 25% of the field in most one and done. So I don't think that he could then be all that popular. So I think we're going to get uh, Hideki, or excuse me, Morikawa being popular. I think Rom will check in maybe third or fourth just because of how it kind of shakes out and then i think you'll get uh you'll get some jt stuff everybody love loves a good defending champion sure i can make a case for jordan spieth winning the the biggest argument is that he's already got you know a dozen wins in his career and he's already got you know major championships and all that good stuff but statistically we're starting to see at least breadcrumbs of him getting back to the version of himself that he was in the summer, which is driven by approach play and being a zero off the tee. We're seeing it right now. It's not as good, but we're seeing it. Combine that with the general Spieth magic, that's how he gets to the top here. That's the case for him. And there was also another question about like, like if you gave me, if, if I had to pick either Spieth or DJ to be that low owned dart throw. I think I would pick speed. Uh, I did the Pete die stuff, but I'm way behind on, on comments. So apologies. So I did the Pete die stuff. You probably have already seen that now. So I'm going to skip it. <clears throat> Rick, if it's going to be a wet week for golf, what's it look like looking like for golfers based off the tee fairways hit stroke. Yeah. You're if they, if it's going to be wet and legit, if they play lift clean in place, Find the fairway, be a good approach player. Those guys get the absolute biggest edge. Absolute biggest edge. Hey, Rick, any thoughts on Hovland at Pete Dye courses and trouble with sights and visuals? Saw he's gained less than a stroke on the field at these courses. You know what? I was looking at that. Let's go look. I'm not, I honestly don't remember what I saw. So let's let's go look at this together. So I've got Pete Dye courses in here. For everybody's history, here's Victor. He's gaining 0.75 strokes per round. So he has only played, well, a couple. So Travelers in 19, he finished T54. Heritage T21, T11 at the Travelers again. Missed the cut at uh, the players in 2021. The match play, I have his data in there for the match play, but that's a little wonky. And then the Zurich, I don't have his, his strokes gain breakdown for that. It's a team event. So I don't know. Jury's still out, right? I mean, he's technically been better than Morikawa at these. 
they're doing it in kind of different ways. So I'm not, I'm not generally sold on that argument yet, but Kyle, I think it is. I do think there is something to Pete Dye sight lines and visuals. I'm just not ready to commit to Victor one way or another yet, but um, something we can definitely keep an eye on. Uh, it is probably not possible that Cam Young will win. Although I did bet him at like 250 to one, something outrageous, but th the, that driving his top 10 is top 20 number much more exciting. Love, love Cam Young. When using cheap guys like wiser lead, do you need them to do more than just make the cut in order to get a deep run in DFS? Well, I guess it also depends on their ownership, right? Um, if they're really cheap, like, like I'm playing JT post in this week, he's $6,100. If you signed me up for post to finish T 31 right now, I would take it. I think I would take it at because, um, it's not going to burn me. It's not going to win me all the money, but it's going to allow me a lot of flexibility for the rest of my lineup. And I, I think I would sign up for that right now. Dan always comes in here and wants to put a gun to my head. Putting a gun to your head in GPP. Burger or Zalatoris? Well, if it's GPP, the answer has to be Zalatoris, right? I know I don't make ownership decisions based on one golfer, but there's a gun to my head. I'm, I'm frazzled. I'm making weird decisions. Are you worried that Rom has gained a ton of strokes ball striking against weak-ish fields or no? Tough to gain strokes like he has recently against 47 of the top 50 players in the world. Well, TJ... If only there was a calculation for this. Oh, wait, there is. All right, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, power rankings. Let's do last. What do you want to do for Rom? Last 20? Let's get all of his. Let's, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. All right. Last. Let's go back to tournament champions. So that's going to be 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, 24 rounds. 24 rounds for everybody in the field. So let's do 24 rounds of ball striking for John Rom. He is obviously number one in this field. 0.2. Nope. 2.44. Okay. So now let's flip over to weighted strokes gained, which does in fact take into account the strength of field and a variety of other factors. And John Rom is actually better. 3.34 strokes gained ball striking per round. Significant gap between him and Will Zalatoris. So I say, TJ, no. I had Watney in jock market. I lost out on Watney shares in the jock markets. Just noticed Fan Team Golf almost has the same logo as you. My lawyer will be contacting them. I don't have a lawyer. It's just Oliver. Oh, okay. Uh... Let's talk about Coke Rack real quick. So the question is about Coke Rack or Siwoo Kim. Let's do Coke Rack real quick. So what I like about him is he is a very good driver, okay, uh, in terms of distance, right? He's a little bit more inaccurate than I would like, but 76th on tour, that's better than tour average, so I'll I'll take it. Um, also kind of turned himself into literally one of the best putters on tour, and we're still seeing that. So that's that's no fluke. Plus four at API, plus 4.8 at Genesis. Um, the approach play's been there, right? He's only lost strokes twice, dating back to the BMW Championship. He's a legitimate winner, right? A couple of victories here in the last 18 months. I do not mind that one single bit. Oh, what's your all contrarian lineup? <laughs> oh, that's actually kind of interesting. I would say the all contrarian lineup is, and I'm not, I, I'm not going to add these up to make sure that they actually can fit into $50,000, but I'll do my best. The all contrarian lineup is Rory. Finau. God. Uh, Burns. Answer. Fleetwood. Uh, Mitchell. I don't know how much that is, but that's like 50% combined ownership, maybe even less than that. Oof. Hey, Rick, 
Do you have any under or over round one strokes or round one birdies? So I'm going to hang tight and see how the course plays tomorrow. Right. I think that with the prize pick stuff, which, um, you know, by the way, Andy and I did do prize pick stuff on the scramble. So if you go back, I think there was, um, I think it was under on Russell Henley for round one. And we've got some of the single hole stuff. And I've got all the props data you can imagine on my website. And I've got the hole by hole stuff. So, like, if you go to like hole 11, I'm going to keep a very close eye on hole 11 and how all these guys have played it every single time they've played it. I've just got all the data here and we're just going to smoke prize picks again this week. So I'm going to wait a bit, PJ. Uh, I'm going to wait until uh, play starts. If you ask me right now, Henley under, I don't mind the McNeely under. I think it's still at 73. The other ones have been moving throughout the week. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to hang tight, see how the course is playing early tomorrow morning and then start smashing these guys. If you want to get involved, the code's Rick. Uh, there's a link in the description as well. We're absolutely smoking the props. Uh, how do you decide when to use raw strokes gain versus weighted strokes gains? I guess it depends on how much you trust me, Ralph, and how much you trust the calculation. Because if you trust me a hundred percent, you should just always use weighted strokes gain because the idea is, um, I'm normalizing it all for you. If you don't trust me, use raw, use raw strokes. Gains. Okay. 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 Everyone is, see, this is, there have been, I've never seen so many questions about the same exact price number, not 7,500, 7,400. That to me is screaming. People are building the same exact way. Everyone is getting stuck with $7,400 left, which is probably also helping Russell Henley's ownership. Like everyone is just the last man in seemingly is $7,400. I think we got some really, really similar builds this week. I think if you leave some money on the table or you start building in a way that is like, if you started the nine K it'd be risky, but you, you could build differently. I've never seen so many questions about one specific price range like that. Oh, okay. My betting card. All right. So again, for those of you who are just joining in and this is new, don't bet my card. Don't bet my card. I bet my card. I don't know what your risk tolerance is. I don't know what your bankroll is. I don't know what the types of things that you're looking or looking for are, but I'll tell you who I'm betting, but you should not bet this. You should bet who you think is going to be good. So I've got my like uh FOMO friends and family. Like I bet Victor Hovland every single week that he plays. Okay. That's that. I don't even really include that on my card, but uh, what I've done here is uh, Zalatoris at 50. Homa at 80, Cam Young and Aaron Wise at 120, Bo Hostler at 425, which allowed me, if you were noticing, it left a huge gaping gap at the top of the board. So I did it. I went with John Rom. I think that um, like 14 to 1 is the best number we're going to get on him in a very long time, or we have gotten in a very long time. And I just am ready for that rubber band to snap. So that's my card. That's my card. Do what you will with it. Ideally, it goes through one ear and out the other. Go make your own card. My one and done does a two times purse. Holy crap. For all majors. Oh, making the players weaker. I thought you were going to say including the players. With virtually everyone available, should that change my decision on using ROM this week? Yes, you should use Ram at Augusta then because you want to use the best option. His Sawgrass stuff is fine, but his Augusta National stuff is better. And if that's now a larger purse, assuming you're not really chasing, you have to use John Rom. Rory's projected ownership, I have at 9.2%. How warm are you on Chris Kirk or Webb Simpson? Chris Kirk, I'm like a six and a half out of 10. Webb Simpson, I abstain. I honestly have no idea. The reports that I heard, things that I've seen, nothing aligns. I don't have any clue what the state of Webb Simpson's game is right now. And I would be lying to you if I tried to guess. I abstain. Uh, 
that's 7,400 bucks again. Talked about it nonstop. Keeps coming up. Can you rank the following? Without knowing anything about the format that you're playing in, I would go with, uh, geez, uh, Mitchell, Hoagie. No, Mitchell, List, Hoagie, Norin, Knox, Kisner. Rick in a one and done. Do you prefer Burger, Horschel, or Henley? Burger. Any new prize picks that you like? Uh, we gave out four on the scramble. Those are very well-researched ones. We're 15 and two in the last 17. Uh, it's Henley under, it was 72. The line already moved. I got it at 71 and a half for the rounds one. It was Zalatoris under four and a half on hole 11. It was somebody else under uh, Fitzpatrick, maybe under four and a half on hole 11. And then there was champ under 12 greens in regulation. Those are the four I'm hanging with right now, Tim. I will probably tweet some more out either tonight or tomorrow morning when we start really see there's no rush for me because you can still do this all live. So hang tight, Tim, I'll get you some prize pick stuff. Sign up now, use the code Rick, get your money in there because honestly I tweeted out. I, I mean, I know this sounds super corny, but it's true. I tweeted out a couple of plays earlier in the week and the lines moved in 36 minutes. And then as soon as we said it on the scramble, the lines moved again. So just, I guess, just be ready. I don't even like giving out picks all that much, but they're so easy right now. And we're just like winning, I guess. Let's see. Thoughts on building Morikawa and Rory in the same lineup. Love it. I love just being different. Just be different. Um, outside of DFS, do you have a top 10 or 20 or matchup that you love? I think Gooch top 20 was the best number that I saw out there. Good afternoon, Rick. In your DFS experience for single entry tournaments, how often do you let your personal gut plays fill out a spot in your lineup? Like never, but I'm the, I'm the extreme. Right, I run a golf data website. Gut plays don't exist in my world, Tyler. So this is a bad question for me. I never let it happen, but maybe I should more often. More questions about the $7,400 range. It's unbelievable. I've covered it quite a bit, but I, I'm stunned at what the build is. Everyone is on it. Um, I, I've got a couple minutes here. I won't do the deep dive on Keith Mitchell, but still very bullish. His off the tee plays phenomenal. His approach plays been better. He can get hot. I worry about the big number, but I'm pretty happy about Keith Mitchell. <laughs> All golfers need to sign a HIPAA release form so so Rick can have access to their medical history. Yep. I was also like, hey, also give me access to their whoop. I want to know if they've been out drinking till three o'clock in the morning. Uh, I want to know what they've been up to, how much sleep they got last night. I need whoop data too. I don't have any feelings towards fading guys that battled tough conditions last week. If there was ever a week to find the motivation and the energy, they can do it. And also there wasn't even travel involved. I'm not worried about it. And also the fact that the, the, Practice facility is closed right now. These guys are all resting. It's all good. It's all good. Badger says, thank you, Rick. Hope you and Mina have a blessed weekend. Oh, thank you. You as well. Hi, Rick. Rick run good modeling data for DK lineups. Do you think there is a stroke gain metric that could be correlated more directly to DraftKings points, or do you think there are too many variables? I don't know the answer to that. I'll find out. I'll run the numbers. Hey, Rick. Just re-upped on the subscription. Love the new stuff. Thank you. Can we do a quick deep dive on Casey if we didn't already? Yeah. You know, he ejected last week, right? What did he shoot on the weekend? 77, 81 or something completely outrageous. Um, but the good news is he's still gained strokes on approach, which is kind of hard to do. He's just kind of loses it with the putter in most situations. Let's look at his player's data. Yeah, pretty good. Three out of the last four have been top 25s, T5 and 21. Good approach play. Actually putted well last year. This is what you want to see, right? This is, you want to find the one putting week. And notice that was, well, never mind. I, I read that wrong. Lukewarm. 
is the way I would describe my feelings on Paul Casey. All right. I've answered a lot of these. Hold on. I know. I know. It's 1259. Everybody's ready to go eat lunch or go have their afternoon, whatever. I don't mind Carlos Ortiz, Mikey. That's fine. Or Mike, sorry. I don't know if we're friends enough to call you Mikey. Oh, boy. I've read a lot of these. Okay. Oh, Bernie's here. Henley moved from seven, uh, 72 and a half to 71 and a half and Morikawa from 10 to 11 fairways and Berger from nine and a half to 10 since Rick said this yesterday. Yeah, it's true. Definitely play on Gooch. Good luck, run gunners. Let's bring home some cashola. Okay. Rick getting sassy. <laughs> I'm still getting hungry. Uh, all right. All right. I think that'll do it. Here we go. So Andy's final thoughts article is now out. I'm getting word it is now live. I, I think it just went live while we were doing this. So it is on the homepage of rickrungood.com uh, right now, which I think is very valuable because there was a question earlier about when should you put your bets in? And uh, the idea of either doing it very early or very late is the only options. And this is now Andy's weather report, uh, ownership, pivots, stuff like that. So very excited to go read it. You should too. Otherwise, I'll see you tonight. Jock Market Power Hour, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. I'm going to go eat lunch. I'm going to go pet Oliver. I hope you guys have a great day. See ya.